we got a real simple plan. One man, one mission. Georgia has won the national championship. I think this is sports heaven. This might be college football heaven. This is ESPN's College Game Day Podcast. Now alongside Pete Thamel, here's Reese Davis. The NFL draft is just hours away. Last one out of Boulder, turn out the lights, but we start with who might go number two. This is the College Game Day draft for Tuesday, April 25th. Reese Davis and Pete Thamel in the heart of it all, our Kansas City Hotel, where the people who are going to be in the green room on Thursday night are milling about with their families, their agents, their advisors, their teammates, and there's a certain uh, nervous energy uh, surrounding the entire thing, Pete. Although you drew some attention uh, when you walked in, I was told, I was told that there is a need for an upgrade in luggage. Uh, for you was uh, was some of the word that came out of, out of I didn't see it I didn't see it what was the word oh interesting interesting well I have a I, my so my my general luggage is just an away bag and it's it's fine it's your your modest uh there I did have a clunky Marriott bag because I uh, flew to Lincoln and then <laughs> Drove to Manhattan, Kansas, and then went there. And so I, I never put dirty clothes back in the bag until I have to. So okay, um, right. and then I had my three suits on a hanger. I probably should have like a fancy pants hanger, but I refuse to check bags. It's like a life, like it's a lifestyle for me. I don't check bags. So my secret that I probably shouldn't tell is that I'll just put three suit coats on one hanger and bring them on the plane and have them hang them. But I feel like if I put a like a thing on it, it would be classified as luggage as opposed to just like my jacket that they can hang in the front. So that's yeah, that's fair. I think I think you got spied with the laundry bag. I think yeah, the laundry bag's was, there. Yeah, did you in? Some of us are working. You know, some of us are trying to. <laughs> some of us are trying to figure out. Uh, K State returns their whole offensive line. Some of us, you know, go have lunch with Chris Kleiman and uh, have a nice salad and learn a little bit about the Big Twelve champions who return. Uh, Majority of their players. Kansas returns ten players on offense. Do you know that race? The the entire the entire Big Twelve might run through the Sunflower State before. Here we are. We're in the heart of it all. So forget all those future hundred millionaires in the lobby. I, I was getting the real scoop today. <laughs> yeah, let's start let's start with the draft. And it seems even with the anonymous post that apparently sent the odds. <laughs> Uh, down for Will Levis going number one overall. I mean, I still think it's going to be Bryce Young. I think you think it is. I think most it is going to be. It is. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, and and you know the the Young families, you and I both know, are nothing to do with the Levis post. They're ready for that to you know come to a conclusion and and get underway, um, as most of these guys are. But it brings an interesting question to to number two and some of the. Uh, less than truthful things that come out around the draft time. And then there was the uh, reaction test, the S2, that supposedly C.J. Stroud didn't uh, do as well as his counterparts uh, did on it. And it has him in many minds slipping down the board. If you're sitting there at number two and you're the Houston Texans, what would you do? It's it's a great question. I would take C.J. Stroud and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blink. Um, I would not take Tyree Wilson. Like that still 
wrapping my mind around Tyree Wilson as the number two pick in the NFL draft is a hard thing to do. Not that I don't think he's a good player. Not that I don't think he's been productive. It is not an insult to say I don't think that guy is the second best prospect in this draft. He's a good prospect, and he's a top 10 pick. But I don't think he's the number two pick in the NFL draft. So I smell a smoke screen from like miles away. Mm -hmm. I think that was a signal. That was a smoke signal for Nick Casario in Houston to say, bring your best offers, boys. We're always Mm going to listen. He comes from the Bill Belichick school of trading up, trading down, trading here, there, and everywhere. So I would be surprised if it ends up Tyree Wilson. I would be surprised if uh, GM Reese Davis' pick of – Will Anderson goes there still. I still think that pick ends up being CJ Stroud. And maybe they trade, maybe they trade out for it. Um, but I just I think when you when you cut through the clutter, CJ Stroud is the first or second best player in this draft. Uh, you know what, Pete? I mean, yes, I would take Will Anderson. I would probably take him first. Um, but I understand the value of the position at quarterback. And I just you know, I had some questions, and I said this on the podcast a while back. I had some questions about CJ in terms of bringing everybody with him, not his skill set, and not even really, I wouldn't even classify it as just leadership, but just like being the guy that everybody gravitates to and elevates the mm-hmm. performance. He did it on the biggest stage, uh, second biggest stage, but it was a huge one against Georgia in the playoff. And, you know, he, he answered a lot of questions there. The skill is so immense. If, if you're if you are as quarterback needy and if you have to have a quarterback uh, which you do in this league to win then I would go there too that said I think there's a lot of wisdom in trading back they have the 12th yeah. pick and if they you know if they could trade back maybe somebody else wants a quarterback maybe they still wind up with a lower bit maybe they still wind up with will Anderson maybe they still wind up with Tyree Wilson you know, but so I see it, but you have to be sold on that quarterback spot at that top that sure. he is your franchise guy. I think you pointed it out or someone did recently that it's not the same as it was 15 years ago or whatever it was when it could just debilitate your franchise for a decade. You know, if mm-hmm. you missed on a number one or number two overall pick in the draft at quarterback, it's not the same anymore. I mean, if it if it were the same, then Trey Lance, who was a top five pick, wouldn't be in any type of competition for Mr. Irrelevant, regardless of how well Brock Purdy played last year. Mm -hmm. Now, the money's a little bit different. You can afford to do some of those things. You can afford to take Josh Rosen one year and Kyler Murray the next and, and have it go that way. But at number two, if I were going to take a quarterback, I would take Stroud. And I think Stroud is, um, I don't think he's the big gamble at quarterback that seemingly some of the smoke screens have suggested that he is. I just don't believe that. Yeah. So we're, we're talking big questions, big draft questions. So my next one after two is this. Where does Anthony Richardson go? You know, it was, it was funny, Pete. I, I got to chat with Anthony briefly. We were on the same flight coming in today. And probably you're going to be so ashamed of me. I shouldn't tell this story on the podcast, but I'm really, uh, I'm really embarrassed and ashamed that I didn't didn't uh, find this out in the proper time frame. So I, I go to get my hair cut at this place, uh, not too far from my house. And so the guy who cuts my hair is is in 
there is not a football fan, but the guy who runs the barbershop is big fan, coached kids, coached quarterback and stuff. And he said, hey, he said, you know, Anthony's training that field or has been training at that field right over behind that target. I'm like, wait, what? He was been throwing. So I hit him. I hit him. But today I said, have you been throwing? He goes, yeah. I'm like, man, I could have. I was like, what is wrong with me? You know, I never I should have known it because I knew that I knew who is, you know, who he worked sure. with and stuff. But I just didn't. It didn't click together. But anyway, um, really, really nice kid. Uh, makes a great impression. You talked to him. I know at the, yeah. at the Florida spring sure. game. I, I think if I look at it, I'm going to say. I'm going to say seven. I'm going to say the Raiders. I'm mm. going to say the Raiders do it. Al Davis definitely would have drafted Anthony Richardson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no chance. <laughs> he would trade it up for him. He would trade it up yeah. one for him. Al Davis, God bless him, was the traits king. And he definitely would have picked Anthony Richardson. There's no uh, There's no question about that. Where, where do you think? Where do you think he goes? I have no idea, which is why I asked you. Um, I think he could go as high as four, although I don't think he'll go four. And then I think he could drop as low as somewhere in the teens. Oh, uh, um, yeah. And, and it's just like someone always slips, someone always falls. And and look, like Anthony Richardson, like I people get dramatic about, oh, he's falling. Well, Anthony Richardson, and I, I misspoke this uh on, on the Florida spring game broadcast, I had said six weeks ago, but like w- going into the combine was the first time it was like, Oh, Anthony, or no, it wasn't really till the combine basically where it was like, Oh, Anthony Richardson is going to be at the top half of the first round. Mm-hmm. I had thought come when he declared, okay, someone may take a flyer on him late first round, like kind of the same way the Ravens did with Lamar red shirt him a little bit, get him, get him going. Something like that. Like I did not, I didn't, when Anthony Richardson declared and his traits are undeniable, but remember we're fresh off that Vanderbilt game, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, it, there are, there are, you know, his pure skills overshadowed some poor performances, quite frankly. So um, I don't know if like, if he went 14th, I don't think Patriots are going to pick him, but just to pick a you know number out of a hat, I don't think that's like, oh, he fell there. He actually rose there when the, yeah. since the draft process started. So I think he's the guy with the, the most interesting variance because he's the most divisive guy. The people who – I know people who pick him one. I know a ton of really smart NFL people who pick him one. Yeah. You can understand it because of the traits. I mean, mm-hmm. people who that size move that fast and throw it that effortlessly – don't come along very often. You know, I know he's he's impressed everybody that he's dealt with in terms of his, um, you know, character, demeanor, all of those types of things. And I never begrudge anybody who makes a decision to come out. Yeah. But I think most of the criticism of Anthony Richardson or criticism is the wrong word. Most of the skepticism surrounding Anthony Richardson can almost be traced to the fact that he started, what, 13 games? Sure. You know? And that's he would have benefited as a as a player, as a quarterback. Not that he's not going to get great coaching, but just in terms of reps by staying at Florida and being the guy again. Yeah. I'm you not saying the position. Have, I'm not being critical of his decision yeah. to come out, especially if he goes seventh. How's it going to be better than that? But I think it might have accelerated how quickly you can play him. And I, I do worry that in the NFL, if he gets drafted really uh, in the upper part of the first round, 
that there's going to be immense pressure. Well, we're, you know, we're two and six. Let's see what he's got, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know that that would be best for his development long term. Maybe it would be, but I, you know, I, you sit there and look at, at the draft order. Maybe the Titans take him. That would be a pretty good spot for him at 11. Um, yeah. Because they still have Ryan Tannehill. There would be, you know, if they don't play well, there'll be pressure to play him no matter what, but there would be less there. And you also mm-hmm. have a really, really stable, smart head coach and everything that's not going to bow to pressure easily. Um, you know, though, that that might be a good spot for him. All right. Well, let me ask you this, Reese. As you've studied players and as you've learned their backstories and as you've prepared for hours and hours and hours for the ABC draft, I must ask you, who is your draft crush? Who have you found <laughs> yourself taking a shining to? Um, Drake May won't get jealous, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> who who has become your draft crush? That's a that that is a great question. There was I'm I'm scrolling through my notes right now because you uh, there was someone today that I went through and I'm like, why is this guy mm-hmm. so far down the mm-hmm. so far down the boards? You know what? I think he's I think he's going to be pretty good. I'm scrolling through here. Well, one of them is close to the top. Um, you know. I think I think At Perry could be pretty good. I don't like. Oh, Ford. there we go. There we go. I don't know if he qualifies as a full draft cho- crush, but the way I was thinking about this, Pete, I prep just to try to learn this stuff. But I also try to think, okay, giving given some context, especially on Saturday when it's rounds four through seven, and you're you know you're looking at it and you're trying to give a little insight to these guys that are taken uh, taken a little farther down the board you know who who would it be um, he would be he would be one and I'll tell you I'll tell you another one uh, what what about what about Charlie Jones from Ooh. Purdue? Ooh. I mean he yeah. I mean if he doesn't he just have the look of every patriot slot receiver who's mm-hmm. ever played and yes. he's he he might he can be a little bit like Hunter Renfro. I don't think he's quite as shifty as Hunter mm. Renfro, but um he's, Hunter had hips to die for. Whew. Yeah, yeah. And he just he finds a way to shake guys. But those are those are a couple um yeah. right right off right off. I the like top. that you went you didn't go like yeah, you didn't go high up, you went low. So yeah. my uh my draft crush is North Dakota State's Cody Mock. That's only because he's missing his two front teeth. Well, he was, and he has this just shock of wonderful red hair. And he is the Iowa Mad Lib, which has become the North Dakota State Mad Lib, that he was like a walk-on, tight end, gained a bunch of weight, grew into his body, and then became a uh, a big-time guy. They have him, uh, I'm looking at our friend Matt Miller's uh, seven-round draft, which is a, mm-hmm. an amazing study in persistence and uh, expertise. <laughs> And um, he he has him there, and I do I I just have liked him. Now, have I studied his film? No, but I mostly like him because of his hair. So I mean, it's a draft crush. It doesn't have to be rooted in like some kind of like uh, some kind of reality. Um, but he's a guy that I I learned a bunch about last year from the staff at North Dakota State, and they they obviously spoke very highly of him. And I'll give you one uh, I'll give you one other to to uh, stay a little obscure. I really like Luke, Mus- Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. 
There's a great draft for tight ends. And someone, yeah, the the former Beaver who got hurt this year, someone could take him in the second round and get first round value. I just really think he's uh, he he's the kind of guy that really translates. He's got the athleticism. He's got uh, you know he can he can get his nose dirty and block a little bit. He he tested really well. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a big uh, I'm a big big fan of his. So we could we could probably we could probably talk about draft crushes for uh, for for a very long time. But those are uh, those are those are two that kind of stand out in the first two day section. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, uh, I know you're sold as a guy, but my, why do you think Michael Mayer, given the speed uh, or maybe the lack thereof, and it, you know, he, he engulfs the ball and he catches it and he's tough. Why do you think he is uh, rated so much higher than some of the other tight ends? And I agree with you. There's a it's a pretty deep tight end class there, because there are some. If you're going characteristics, um, there are some tight ends who have some characteristics that that Michael doesn't possess. Yeah, um, I would say this on on Mayer and these tight ends. There are so, this is going to sound counterintuitive, like. Uh, it's too it's it's too crowded. Nobody goes there anymore. There's so many yeah. good tight ends that they may not go early, because I do think that it, it's rare. And I don't have the data in front of me, and I'm sure our ninjas at Stats and Info could get it. It's rare that a tight end goes top 15, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the Kyle Pitts. There's maybe one a year, yeah. um, and he, he's only sort of a tight end, you know. Yes, he's a he is the freakiest tight end that I've ever you know yeah. that 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 I've ever seen. And I didn't cover Gronk, and Gronk only really played two years. Aaron for Aaron Hernandez um, was obviously his own uh, his own sort of special entity. But I I really feel like Pitts was just different, different, different. Um, so I, I just think that a couple people NFL people when I've called around this week and said, hey, who could slip? They've said Mayer not because he's bad, not because he did anything wrong, but mm-hmm. um, the Packers are going to be hunting for tight ends. So you could, you could see them getting one. I believe they're at 15. Is that right? That um, would, that would be. Oh, wait, they flipped. They flipped. So they're at 13. 13 now. If yes. Rogers trade. Yes. So that's right. Do you know, you know, the last, you know, the last pass catcher, you know, you know, the last pass catcher Green Bay drafted in the first round. Ooh, I bet it was a while ago. Um, Cause that's try what. 20, try 21 years. Whew. Javon Walker. Huh? All right. Wow. 21 years, Pete. 
Wow. Well, that they're was, probably that not going to break. One of the reasons Aaron Rodgers got annoyed with the Jordan Love pick. Oh yeah. Well, he yeah he Aaron Rodgers does not make his opinions unknown. So um, <laughs> so Miller has Kincaid going thirteen. That just feels a little rich for any tight end. Like the thirteenth yeah. pick. Maybe they yeah. trade down and they say, okay, we'll go to twenty, and we'll you know they'll they'll try to flip draft capital to there. But there's just there are certain positions. Like I don't think we'll see a guard picked in the first round on Thursday. Do you agree with that? Right. Yes. It's a bad year for guards. It's a bad yeah. year for guards. So yeah. uh, next year, the top guard will be Cooper Beebe, who could not speak to me today in Manhattan, Kansas. The K-State guard was tackle who kicked in. And he would have been, you know, he would have been right there with uh, Osiris Torrance this year. Mm-hmm. He is a student teacher. And he was teaching high school kids social studies in suburban Manhattan. If Manhattan has suburbs, by the way, which I'm not convinced it does. Yeah, Cooper Beebe rolls in with his like pressed shirt and his khakis every day and, you know, <laughs> teaches state capitals, uh, you know, stand in front of the room. I doubt the uh, high school boys misbehave much when Mr. Beebe is their, uh, is their student teacher uh, rolling in at 330 pounds. So um, I would I would imagine so. Let, let me hit you with another one, another yeah. tight end. Go. Luke Schoonmaker. Love him. Love him. Like, that's what I mean. If if you – I think teams are going to be hesitant to take a, a, a Kincaid or a Mayer that early mm-hmm. if you can get Schoonmaker or you can get well, Musgrave. Laporta, yeah, perhaps, Laporta's great. Go to state. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I So I just think like that there's a there's – a, I've never seen a tight end class this good, just like yeah. one to seven in in there. So in in a way, the the glut of talent, I think, is uh, – and again, look, I, who didn't love Dalton Kincaid? That might have been mm-hmm. the best individual tight end performance, certainly of the year, what he did against USC. Wasn't he 16 for 16 on targets in that game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, un, unbelievable. Um I don't know his rep as a blocker. You might have dove in on that a little bit harder, but you can be at Utah and be soft, right? No, yeah, yeah, you're not. Uh, you're yeah, not. and even the 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 other tight end, uh, Brent Keithy, um, that played yeah. at Utah. Both those guys are mm-hmm. a little bit do everything tight ends, and even when they both got hurt, they just rolled another guy in there. They're they're becoming tight end. You, I have a, a I have a candidate for a fan base that will display the most angst college fan base uh in the in the draft over the course of a couple of different times things that will irritate them if if you thought of one who do you think it would be there's so many angsty college fan bases it's hard to just uh with that broad of a question well don't you think uh, we're thinking tight ends and then we're talking quarterbacks earlier don't you think penn state fans are going to be a little annoyed when Levis goes really high, transferred from Penn State, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a tight end who barely sniffed the field there, but then went to Old Dominion and caught seventy five thousand passes. For he I think he got banged up this year, but um, Zach Koontz is going to be yeah. You know, he's not going to go early, but when they put up the stats and show his highlights, they're going to go. What if we'd had Levis and him playing? So you know there 
There'll be some annoyed Penn State fans, I think, over yes. the over the course of the draft. Yeah. Well, when Drew Aller throws his first interception at some point in like week two, immediately everyone's like, and we had Will Levis and we lost him. You know what I mean? Like you can just feel <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. a fan base that has like visceral angst. So yes. But um I think Penn State's gonna be really good this year. I'm really excited for for Penn yeah, State. I, I gotta I haven't looked at the schedule, but I have a feeling you and I will see a sunrise out there in Happy Valley. Um, you know, uh, some October, some October day, because I believe Ohio State goes there. Trying to, yes, yes, yeah. I think that's right. Um, Trying to think because last year we didn't go to we didn't go to um, Ohio State, Penn State last year, but that's been a that's been a, a draw for the last uh, last few years. We've yeah. seen it both places, both uh, both at the Shoe and in Happy Valley. Whiteout, whiteout conditions often. Um, Not much better than a good old whiteout at uh, at Penn State when you're, you know what I mean? Like that's, I don't know that there's a better atmosphere. Uh, it, there's so many great places in this sport, it's hard to be definitive. No, it's at Ohio State this year, so oh, never mind. Okay. Never mind. We would have to go to oh, the yeah. Michigan game November 11th. Yeah. yeah. That's oh. – we should have. I was trying to. I was racking my brain trying to think of the Penn State Ohio State game last year. Game day was not there, but that was the JTT game. Remember? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Where were we that week? Uh, maybe Tennessee. I think. Yeah. Maybe no, that Tennessee. makes sense. I'm yeah. trying to remember where I why I watched that game because it was yeah. like somewhere. Yeah, he went nuts. Yes, yeah. he went absolutely nuts. It was like. You thought they were going to lose, and then they won like 42-28 or something. It was a weird. That was a weird game. Just yeah, they they out. pulled away in the in the fourth quarter because Penn State kind of put them on the ropes for a little bit. But I agree with you. I think I think Penn State's going to be good. Let's hit a, let's hit just a couple other draft things, yeah. and then we need to hit some uh, hit some college things that are that are going as well. Um, you asked me this before we started, so I'll I'll put it to you. Give me give me the three the three biggest questions you have about the draft that will tell the story of the draft, particularly on the first night. Well, I think, uh, I, I think number one is number one is number two, right? Like mm -hmm. that's going to tell the story of the draft. So that's, that's a, that, that to me is a really interesting pivot point um, for, for where the night is, is dictated. And I think the second one is the Levis Richardson variants right where they could go how they could go and then i'm just going to do the first round here because that's that's yeah, the easiest yeah. and i think the next one is jackson smith and jigba um if he had gone out after his sophomore year um after that greatest rose bowl in the history of all the rose bowls right um against a pretty good utah team against a pretty good defender he would have probably gone would he have gone ahead of his two more guild more accomplished teammates it would have been a draft debate, right? Um, yeah. Wilson and Alave, like, and both of whom, by the way, crushed it in the NFL um, mm -hmm. this year. Was it Garrett Wilson was the NFL Rookie of the Year? Correct. I believe that's correct. I yeah. believe that's correct. Yeah, and uh, Olave was Olave was strong. So, is he a guy who goes fourteen to the Patriots, and everyone is just like, why did this guy not go top five? Because going into the season. He was a top five pick. That was like, you know, that was an easy conversation. It did that hamstring injury and the way it just sort of lagged um, and nagged 
does that do that? So I, th- I think I'm very curious about that aspect of it because there's, there's a, uh, you know, there's, there's an interesting there. And then I'll, I'll, last one I'll go is, you know, Bijan Robinson to me is a referendum Reese on the whole running back position. He is a, as good of running back prospect as I've seen since Saquon Barkley. Right. Mm-hmm. And Saquon Barkley went two in the draft. Mm-hmm. And you could and argue that's rare, that, that's rare these days. Oh, yeah, it is it rare. And I would say Bijan has a more diverse skill set than Saquon. He might not have that raw, 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 raw power of Saquon. Mm-hmm. I mean, Saquon's calves were unlike anything I've ever seen on a human, his calves and legs. They were just the freakiest. Um, but, you know, does he go, you know, I've had some people say he, he could go two. And there's others who put him in a more running back proper position, you know, late teens, early twenties. So mm-hmm. those are a couple of things that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all offense too. By the way, I don't care about defense. <laughs> it's a, you know, I I was reading uh, today too that there are some that feel that Jameer Gibbs is not that much of a step down, sure. especially for the way the game is played now in the NFL. Yeah, and that you might have two running backs go in the first round. Certainly, Bijan's yeah. going to be. Going to be first, and I think Jackson Smith and Jigba will be the first uh, receiver off the board. Though I know Zay Flowers has some uh, has some support in that regard. But I, I love I Zay think, Flowers. I'm happy he's a first round pick. In no universe is he better than Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, I, I don't. I just, I, it's I just not the same yeah. conversation. And that's no yeah. knock on Zay Flowers, who by the way is a very good high school point guard uh, at the university school. He played for Jimmy Carr there. So I think the the pivot points of the draft, because you've hit some of those, I don't want to be redundant. I will say, yeah. I will look at it this way. Do the Texans hold that second pick? Mm-hmm. Do do the Cardinals hold the third and try to trade back and try to uh, accumulate a number of players? And the other one will be, where does Jalen Carter fall? And yeah. you know, does, some, does, somebody, does somebody wind up with a, you know, with a top five talent at a, and a value, a value pick, as the draft experts like to say. So I'll, I'll go a little, a little uh, defense for you there. Thank you, appreciate that. Yeah. That's now, why you win okay. championships, Reese. <laughs> defense, uh, off, actually, defense keeps you from losing championships. Offense wins championships. That's fair. I don't disagree. Yeah. Colorado, bunch of people watched on television. They watched the spring game. Um, you know, How happy was Fowler? Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, I'm thrilled because you know he he yeah. loves his school and all of that. Seen a lot of bad ball there. A lot a of lot. bad ball. John Embry, Carl Durrell, a lot of bad ball. I called a game there when I was doing Thursday night games. Um, you know, John Embry was good. All these guys, if they're head coaches and at a major college are good coaches. Sometimes it just yep. doesn't work. And sure. it just didn't work. Dan me. Hawkins. Yeah. And so it was definitely not working the night with I think Arizona State, I mean, I mean Arizona State had been down like four or five touchdowns like in no time. Um, you know, it was it was tough. And then you see you see that you get some good things going. You know there's going to be transition. But now this mass exodus to the portal after the spring game what what's what's going on there so i'll say this that i was tipped on sunday night that this was going to happen and i don't know every case is 
that this is Dion cleaning house. These aren't guys running running from Dion. And this is just modern, bloodless college football being the professional multi-billion dollar business that it is. Um, one thing I have caught from catching some buzz about this is that Dion has not done a great job building relationships with players. Like I'd heard that some of the, the this him cutting them, if you will, or nudging them out or whatever, however you want to call it, or informing them their scholarship won't be renewed. Some of it was like the first conversation they had with him. So I will be interested to see, Reese. You can like bring – there's a team-building aspect, college football, that can't be denied. And look, I'm not some old guy yelling at the cloud or anything like that, but like, you know, it, it, the way it used to be was better. It's hard if you're going to bring in 60 new players – if you're going to get them all to buy and to go on the same page, to play in Sean Lewis's offense, which is simple, right? But it's still crazy fast mm -hmm. and takes time to adjust to. And when you've seen those offenses in past years, um, mm -hmm. they've always been better in the second year. Um, I'm very skeptical of how good Colorado is going to be on the offensive and defensive line, right? I know they've run off a lot of players from bad teams, but I've said this on the podcast once, I'll say it a million times, you can't microwave an offensive line. That's just one place you just can't throw in parts and hope it works. It takes time to marinate, it takes time to synchronize, and it takes time to grow up together. So in defensive line, and again, I haven't studied there too deep, so I don't know all the pieces. I'm just really skeptical that when they have to play Utah, USC, like they have a brutal schedule. Are they going to be tough enough? Whereas Nebraska actually had like, they played Nebraska week two, uh, which is why I brought it up. They had a ton of retention there. And they, you know, they weren't, you know, when you watched that Ireland game last year with Nebraska, you weren't like, that team is untalented. You're like, well, that team lost again, uh, you know, because of bad special teams in a close game. You know, it was like the same old story there. So, mm -hmm. correct. They really found him. They did an unbelievable job. So, I really feel like yeah, it's Dion is testing modern paradigms and coaching I mean, in a lot of different yeah. ways. And you better have rapport with your players and be able to motivate them and not just put on a show for social media. And that's the test of this. Maybe maybe he gets all these guys together and they blend together and it works. But but I'll, I'll be curious. I mean, there were some players seemingly on paper that you wouldn't want to go in the portal. So, But those kids are human. You run off your buddies. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be – Great friends with the 17 new right. transfers yeah. coming in. There's there's a human aspect to all this that is not professional, that it is 18 to 22-year-olds, that they are going to judge the way their friends were treated um, as it as it goes. So, but look, there are also a lot of bad players at Colorado. I mean, that's just that's just what the record says they were. So it's it's a very interesting case. Everything with Dion is fascinating, right? Like the, nothing that has happened so far with Dion has been boring, right? And this is and this is it. That's the magic of Deion Sanders. Mm -hmm. If he wins, it's going to be unbelievably interesting. If he loses, it's going to be unbelievably interesting. <laughs> there is just there is, he is like you know, uh, you know, he's the he's the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Tim Tebow. Like there is just there is a magnet to of of interest there, and uh, he is now the pace car for roster re overhauls and roster rebuilds and. It'll be interesting. I will. I'll leave on this thought, and I'd be very curious to hear your thoughts. There are not a lot of good players in the transfer portal right now, so you just have to be careful number wise. You're not bringing in some mediocre rentals and then shipping them off again too. Like there's an art to managing a roster, and I'll be really curious how that piece of it goes. 
I think whatever happens is that people shouldn't overreact to this year because any new coach, now he may be taking it to an extreme, but any new coach is going to have a lot of attrition and a lot of roster change, especially in this era of the portal. I think, you know, some of, uh, some of the players that, you know, um, stuck out a little bit in the spring game Saturday, jumping into the portal immediately, you know, kind of made you raise your eyebrows a little bit, but I'm not going to get too, too bothered by it because I, I think he, I think he has enough old school about him that he understands about building those relationships. It does take some time. Maybe he is, you know, he's there every day. And maybe he's seen some things that make sure they don't fit. Maybe there are guys who are not, that does not imply that, you know, there are good people who are leaving. It just means that maybe it's not the fit for them from his perspective or from theirs. So go through the full cycle, you know, and, and see what happens. But it will be it will be pretty fascinating early, especially. And it also will be interesting what their numbers look like once the season starts. How many, you know, how many players they have available, how many of them are, you know, ready to compete at at that level of of college football. Meaning like if you if if you're down to yeah. who was it, Syracuse? Their fullback started at guard. No, this like, or, yeah. Syracuse just, a couple of years ago basically ran out of offensive linemen. You know, and if you know, does Colorado run Yeah, right. Does Colorado run into a situation where they run out of linemen? You know, sometimes you can you might be able to find a guy uh, the intramural team uh, somewhere that can that can kick for you. Maybe even find a guy who can go out and catch some passes for you. You know, you can find things. I remember Auburn had, uh, I think, Will Herring, I think, was uh, the receiver's name, I believe, yeah. who was, uh, I think he was going to go there to be a kicker. And they were like, hey, you run pretty well. And all of a sudden he's catching every third down pass, you know, uh, you know, a couple years later. So you can find some guys to do some things like that. It's hard to find linemen like that, you know. There, there, there aren't many. Uh, uh, there aren't many linemen sitting around the Sigma New House ready to plug and play, you know. So, to your point earlier about having to let them marinate, so I think I think yeah. that'll be that'll be pretty interesting. Let's wrap it up here on this one, but we'll do one more, let's do one more thing on um, transfer portal here. What's what's going on with uh, with Tyler Buckner is it's like he's going to Alabama, he's going to Auburn, he's going to Cal. Is I would that, think uh, uh, so. I broke the story about Tyler Buckner uh, bouncer from Notre Dame today and talked to some talked to a bunch of people on a bunch of different sides about him. I would say that right now, as we sit here in beautiful Kansas City on Tuesday night, that the uh, the odds on favorite would be because of the relationship would be he goes and plays for Tommy, Tommy Reese at Alabama. Now that's fraught with some maybe issues there because I believe he has three years of eligibility remaining, Tyler Buckner does. And does that scare off guys in the Alabama room? And then, you know, like there's a – bringing in a quarterback is a hard thing to do in the in the portal era because it just changes the d- dynamics of your room. And if Ty Simpson went in the portal, he would have – there's 131 Division One teams. He'd have 130 offers in like 90 seconds, right? Like I mean, he's just that talented. And so mm-hmm. – yeah. um, I, I think it does speak a little bit to what we talked about uh, in the last pod that Nick Saban is not interested in a bridge year. Um, and I and and I would say I would say right now, Reese, that's his most likely landing spot. I would think others in consideration would be Auburn, which doesn't have a quarterback. 
TCU has flirted with some in the portal. Uh, Stanford has flirted with some at the portal. And it's easier to take a transfer from, you know, uh, Notre Dame at Stanford than, you know, Eastern Alaska or something. So it's, it's, he's, he is by far and away the most interesting player in the portal and the most decorated player in the portal. So, um, but it, it'll be it'll be pretty interesting to see where he lands. It's because it, it, it's going to test some places and it's going to royal some quarterback rooms. Well, I, you know, and the other thing too that I find fascinating about this is, you know, you mentioned the relationship, but they brought someone in basically to replace him at Notre Dame. You know, prior to Tommy Reese departing, and you know, have we seen enough from Tyler Buckner right now that if he decided to go to Tuscaloosa and the other two, you know, you know somebody's probably going to get mad and leave. We, you know, I, I was pretty clear about that. I think when you bring in a guy at this stage, if you're bringing him in to compete for the starting job, you're really bringing him in to be the starter, and everybody knows that. Okay, if you're going to do that, you better be sure. You better be sure. And mm-hmm. while I think Tyler Buckner's a good player. Good player. I don't know that I've seen that. You know, the, no, I mean, you haven't you seen it recently. You know like he's that, got, like, you know, yeah. Now, what we, the variable we don't know is Tommy Reese has seen practice every day, right? Correct. And yeah. there's also some stunted development from the shoulder injury that happened against Marshall. He missed some time. And so mm-hmm. there's, you know, nobody's going to be more informed on this than Tommy Reese. But Correct. this is the biggest decision of his young Alabama coordinating career because if it goes sideways, who we? Yeah. Or if you, you know, if you lose, you know, we're, we're, we're way down the tracks here. So let me step back so we don't create a stir that's unfair to anybody. In any situation like this where you bring in a quarterback at this juncture, whether it's Alabama or New Mexico State, you might have more reaction than you bargained for. You might think, you might think it's going to ruffle one set of feathers. It might ruffle a lot of sets of feathers. You don't know. And, you know, so it's a, it's a really, really interesting thing. I think it's a little different for Freeze yeah. at Auburn, even though I, I, don't, I don't dislike Robbie Ashford. I don't want to go off on that tangent. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I, can, I wouldn't say it's full Drake May man crush, but I saw him play at, uh, mm-hmm. at Hoover High School, and I thought, that guy's good. I was always surprised that he didn't really uh, catch on at Oregon when he was there, and I thought he had some good moments for Auburn sure. last year. But I think it's different for Hugh because it's his first year and everybody knows the score. Everybody knows things are, you know, that everything's new and it's changing. I think it's much different for an established program, especially a winning established program, to to look into those avenues trying to fill a quarterback spot. Never boring in all collegiate football. Pretty interesting stuff. NFL draft. You're going to get get down there and do some work in in the lobby now, right? It's where I work best. I'm a lobby worker. I'm going to wake all lobby team. <laughs> all right, Pete. Enjoy the lobby. All right, Reese. I will I will enjoy it. I'm sure I'll see you down there. You have to be there at some point. Yes, I, I do have to be there at some point. All right, that is the College right. Game Day podcast closing in on the NFL draft. Thanks for listening. You can download this podcast wherever you like to get your podcast. <laughs>